I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Bedlam. First win in seven years. One of the sweetest ever. Who knows whether this series will survive. The move by Oklahoma to the SEC. Gundy has his doubts. He says this might be the last Bedlam played in this place. Wow. I mean, just wow. Uh, that that pretty much sums up the sentiments of Sooner Nation right now. Just that one word. I mean, who would have thought that Oklahoma would lose a Bedlam football game on Saturday night and by Sunday afternoon, that's not the biggest story surrounding the Oklahoma football program. And that's exactly what Oklahoma fans are going through right now as the Sooners fall in Bedlam on Saturday night and then Sunday Lincoln Riley is basically out the door on his way to Los Angeles. Riley arriving in L.A. to coach the USC Trojans on Monday morning. And Sooner Nation is just left in shock and awe. I mean, here even with the podcast, we waited. We typically record on Sundays. But because of that story developing, it was so huge. And and information changes so drastically and so quickly we decided to to wait and and record on Monday, which means you've got me by myself. By the way, my name is Matt. This is the Sooner Nation podcast, and and here's the thing, you know, Lincoln Riley leaving Oklahoma, it absolutely is the story, not just around the Sooner football program, but it is the story in college football right now. When you look at the era of the transfer portal, you look at the era of the uh, the NLI, uh, the NIL, sorry, uh, name, image, and likeness. And this is the first time a high-profile coach has has left one program for a number, another under these circumstances. When when you look at when you look at the money that's on the table, not just for the coaches, but when you look at the money that's on the table for the players. This is a major, major move in the era of college football. And there's going to be a lot of people outside of the Sooner Nation. There's going to be a lot of people who are peeking in on this, watching it to see what happens. We, uh, recruit, if he stays home, you know, take take Malachi Nelson. I, I think the chances of Malachi Nelson, a one-time five-star quarterback recruit to the University of Oklahoma, you know, I, I think you take him – and you put him in Los Angeles, which is basically a home for him, I think the, the dollar signs are so much greater in Los Angeles under a successful coach within a successful program for a hometown kid than they would be in Norman, Oklahoma, even if Oklahoma were to run the table in the Big 12 and make an appearance in the college football playoff. And I would say even if they are in the championship game or win the championship game, there's more money on the table for Nelson in Los Angeles than there would be in Norman. And and that's going to be that's going to be a good sell for Lincoln Riley in terms of California kids. But it's also going to be a good thing for coaches in Texas, coaches in Florida, other coaches, UCLA right down the road. 
this thing is going to be viewed at from so many different options, so many different options, so many different angles, so many different possibilities. And there is the chance that Lincoln Riley falls flat on his face at USC. Don't, don't discard that opportunity. He was surrounded by great people in Norman. Bob set him up for success. Now, he took a lot of those great people with him. Alex Grinch is one of the guys that Lincoln Riley brought in that's going with him. But there's that chance that it won't work in L.A. I don't, I don't think that's going to come to fruition. I think, I think this is a good spot for Lincoln Riley. I said it on Twitter on Sunday. Um, some people took exception to it, but the reality is it's a good spot. It's a, it's a, it's a good spot, and, and here's the reason why. And I think this is honestly this is this is the the reason all of this is happening. Yeah, I, I know. I mean, Joe Castiglione pretty much um, admitted to it on Monday. There was contract disputes, not not disputes, but they were working things out. They were working through things. I don't think Lincoln Riley was was happy with um, with what the University of Oklahoma was going to offer him, and so he's. He's leveraging, you know, the US, the LSU thing was there, and then USC, and then all escalated on Monday. And by the way, go go back and listen to there. You could go to heartland-sports.com. You could go to our YouTube channel, and you can listen to what I said about Lincoln Riley and and LSU. And I we were against that. We were saying there's no chance he's going to LSU. Our stance was. LSU and Lincoln Riley were not going to happen. That was not going to be a thing. And But one of the things I said, one of the snippets I said in that conversation is when you put yourself in this situation, when you're leveraging, which is what Lincoln Riley was doing, when you're leveraging, hey, this is what so-and-so says my value is, and you bring that back to your current employer, I, I, and I brought up Dana Holgerson at West Virginia as an example Dana Holgerson went to Houston. Houston said, we're going to give you this much money. Dana Holgerson goes back to Morgantown, West Virginia, and says, look, the Houston Cougars see this as my value. And the, the administration in Morgantown basically told Dana Holgerson, if that's your value, you need to go. And, and I said, there's always that risk. Now, I, I will also admit that I said, I don't see that happening with Lincoln Riley, but I think that's what happened. I think that's what happened. Why you you got to go back and ask yourself why is Lincoln Riley fishing, right? Why is he looking for jobs? Why is his agent out there contacting people? And and I think a lot of perceptions have changed towards Lincoln Riley since Sunday afternoon. And one of those perceptions that's changed is suddenly you got a guy who is known as a fierce competitor who appears to be afraid of competition. And I think why on the onset, that's true. Lincoln Riley didn't want to be in the SEC. I don't think you can deny that. I don't think you can dance around that. I don't, I think that's pretty much out there. Lincoln Riley did not want to be in the SEC. And some people are going to say, well, he was afraid of competition. And, and again, I think on the onset, that's true. But when it comes down to is this was a business decision for Lincoln Riley. Lincoln Riley's protecting his brand. And, and if there's a conference, we, we, we talk about this a lot. The parallel conference to the Big 12 is the Pac-12. It's, it's thought of as, as the lesser and the Power Five conferences, 
both of those schools. Officiating is terrible in both conferences. And the ACC, the Big Ten, the SEC are thought of higher conferences. And the Power Five, Big 12, Pac-12 are the lower conferences. So there's like an upper tier and a lower tier. And they're like mirror conferences. And in the Big 12, Lincoln Riley could be the big dog. He is the coach of the Big 12. He ran the show in this conference. And Lincoln Riley knows, you know, I know, everybody knows who the big dog is in the SEC. And there's a ladder. There's a, a, a food chain, if you will, that's going to have to be moved up on by whatever coach comes in and takes over this Oklahoma football program. Steve Sarkeesian at Texas and whoever coaches Lincoln Riley, they're going into the SEC. They will not be the big dogs in the SEC. Now, the opportunity is there for them to elevate their status to big dog status, but it's not there. It will not immediately happen. But it could, for Lincoln Riley, it absolutely could happen in the Pac-12. He's, he's taken over a program that's a sleeping giant, much, much the way that Oklahoma was and under Bob Stoops when he arrived in, on, in Norman in 1999. You got the facilities, you got the image, you got the brand. You just need some players to make some things start to happen. And you need a brain trust that can make things happen. Lincoln Riley's going to be top dog in the Pac-12. I really believe that. And I think that's what motivated this move. He goes to his guys and says, look, we, we can make a lot of money. We can achieve a lot of fame. We basically have to beat Oregon and we get in the college football playoff. Where you go in the SEC, you got Alabama, you got Georgia, you got Florida, you got Texas A&M. I mean, and, and, and you know, Alabama is the cream of the crop in the SEC. But every seems like every other year, somebody pops up. Oh, here's Georgia. Well, here's Florida. So it, it's a much easier path for Lincoln Ride to protect his brand as the offensive guru, as the quarterback whisperer. That's why he did it. Now, it doesn't mean I agree with it. doesn't mean I like it. doesn't even mean I accept it, but I can understand it. That's why he did it. That's why he's gone. And this was a, at this point, in this moment right now, 5.23 p.m. Central Time on Monday, the 29th of November, in this moment, this is a devastating blow to the University of Oklahoma. This is a devastating blow to the University of Oklahoma because you look at the 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 impact, all right? You look at the the concussion of this bomb that just went off. It's going to affect the bowl game. It's going to affect the coaching status. It's going to affect the current players. It's going to affect the recruits. We know there are some coaches that are gone. We know that there are some players that are gone. We know that there are some recruits that are gone. You have to go all, this is, here's an, un, here's an unbelievable statistic. When you look at the University of Oklahoma and you look at the hierarchy of coaches, I mean, you, you just go through and you look at the history of coaches within the walls of this program. Lincoln Riley had the chance to be mentioned in the same breath as Bob Stoops. He had the, he had the, the, the chance to be mentioned in, in the same group and in, in the same breath as Bud. And, you know, just on and on and on. 
But instead, instead, he's going to be mentioned with guys like Jim Tatum. Instead, he's going to be mentioned with guys like Chuck Fairbanks. And by the way, Chuck Fairbanks is not a bad guy to be have your name thrown around with, but wouldn't you rather be with Benny Owen? Wouldn't you rather be with Barry Switzer? Wouldn't you rather be with Bob Stoops? Because those are guys who were historically loyal to this program, who built it, who succeeded at it, and passed it on. But instead, Chuck Fairbanks, he's the last time Oklahoma lost a coach for another job. Chuck Fairbanks was the last time Oklahoma lost a head coach to go to another job. That was in 1973 when he left Oklahoma to go to the New England Patriots. The last time Oklahoma lost a, a coach to go to another college, to another university, 1946. 1946, when Jim Tatum left to go coach Maryland. So, yeah, I mean, this, there's, a, there's a thing that's developing here, and, and the ripples from this wave are, are going to expand all over the Sooner Nation. So, you know Alex Grinch is gone. You know Dennis Simmons is gone. So Lincoln Riley is your offensive coordinator. Alex Grinch is your defensive coordinator. Dennis Simmons is your passing game coordinator. Still waiting to see about Bill Biedenboe. It was, it was thought that he was out the door, but then also Bill Biedenboe is a, a Bob Stoops guy. Bob Stoops said in the press conference on Monday, those guys that he's maintained a relationship with, he believes they're going to stay and they're going to get out and start recruiting. So is that Bill Biedenboe? I mean, is that one of those guys that's staying? But you just there's so much that's up in the air right now. But here's what you here here's what it comes down to. If you played for the University of Oklahoma and you're a coach, you're pretty much remaining loyal. Joe John Finley still there. Of course, Bob Stoops running the show. He didn't play, but he's he's sooner through and through. Demarco Murray still there. Kel Gundy still there. Brian Odom still there. But man, how do you hit the recruiting trail and try to land a big time recruit, even if they're already committed to you? How do you try to go to those guys not knowing the answers about who your offensive coordinator is? How do you go and try to get Kobe McKenzie back into this recruiting class? Not being able to tell him who the defensive coordinator is. Bob Stoops, for as much as I love him, as much as Sooner Nation loves him, as much as everybody across college football loves the guy, he's not the long-term answer. He said that on Monday. I'm not the long-term answer. Bob Stoops expects someone to be in place by the, by the bowl game. But the problem is the bowl game is going to be about a week to 10 days after this recruiting period opens up for kids to start signing. So it puts the, the fact that you're losing your head coach slash offensive coordinator, the fact that you're losing your defensive coordinator, the fact that you're losing your, your passing game coordinator, and who knows what else, that amps up the pressure for someone to come in immediately. This has to be a quick process for the University of Oklahoma. And we'll probably get in in the next day or two, uh, have a post up about some of our thoughts about who is out there and who is possible. I will tell you this, that Brent Venables has grown on me immensely. I, I'm a fan of, of the Brent Venables hire. I'm a fan of it. I, I think he's everything that this program needs right now. I know it sounds kind of crazy, but if Brian Odom's staying, if Dennis Simmons is staying, I don't know that Brent Venables is your guy. 
I, I think with, with – with, not Brian Odom, with Alex Grinch, sorry. So you, you've got your defensive coordinator there. You've got your passing game coordinator. If those guys stay, if Grinch is still there, Simmons is still there, Beatenbow is still there, which I think he – I think the more time goes, the, the more likely that Beatenbow stays. But the point is, with those guys in place, you need a young guy. You need a fiery guy who's about 10 years younger than Brent Venables who can go out and hit the recruiting trail with passion and energy and enthusiasm. But in the absence of Alex Grinch, in the absence of Dennis Simmons, and who knows what Roy Manning's going to do, it, with with the uncertainty of this staff, I think Brent Venable, you need a family guy. You need a guy who understands what it means to strap up for the Sooners. The guy coached defense for the 2000 National Championship. The guy was a legend, a hero for this program as a, as a, as a man on the sidelines. He has a pedigree in the Big 12 playing for Kansas State. But he also has that business-like CEO structure mentality that younger coaches that Oklahoma's going to have to go out and attract again, they'll look up to Brent Venables. They won't see him as an equal. They'll see him as a, as a guy to look up to. A guy with a track record of winning championships in Norman, winning championships at Clemson. Brent Venables has grown on me. He really is. I'm not saying that he's going to be the guy. I know he's the the hot um, he's the uh, the hot you know rumor right now. But initially, I was initially I was resistant to that. I think I'm on board now. Gone from the 2022. Uh, here's just some highlight guys. Gone from the 2022 recruiting class. Kobe McKenzie has linebacker, four-star linebacker, has decommitted. Uh, of course, I already mentioned Malachi Nelson, five-star quarterback out of California. Along with him, you, you lose five-star receiver Brandon Ennis and four-star running back uh, Trayon Webb. I think that's the tip of the iceberg, unfortunately, for Oklahoma fans. And um, and that's just where we are. I mean, that's until they announce a coach, until they say, here's the next guy, I think it's going to be a slippery slope. Because I know Bob Stoops said he's out, rec- he's out recruiting, which is great. But, I mean, an interim coach, regardless of, of the clout, he can only do so much. Now, clearly, Bob Stoops knows more about this process than you and I do. Clearly, Bob Stoops knows more about this process than some of the guys who cover on the beat. I mean, he knows more about it than the guys like Toby Rowland and Chris Plank and Teddy Lehman who are right there on campus. So he's going to have a thing or two to say to the recruits that, that we don't know about yet. And, and then you've got to wait for information to leak. But I expect this thing to go pretty quick. I really do. Just because you're, you're just over two weeks out from the early signing period. And it's imperative that you're able to get a new guy on campus reaching out to these guys before someone plucks him away. But I think the California kids are gone. I, I don't I don't think Malachi Nelson's coming back. I just don't. I don't, I don't think he's going to come come back in and be a part of this again. But that's okay. That's okay. You just got to trust the new guy to have a plan, right? I'm Alex Rodriguez, and I'm Jason Kelly from Bloomberg. This is the Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. 
And that is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, Determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Okay, I guess we do need to actually address the Bedlam game, uh, bring up a couple of things and, and talk about it here in I mean, it's, it's crazy. I mean, it really is crazy. We're 48 hours after the Bedlam game when I'm recording this. 48 hours after the start of the Bedlam game. And it's pretty much not a story anymore. It, unless you buy into the conspiracy theories that, oh, yeah, Lincoln Riley, you know, he, he threw the game. That's why the offense disappeared in the second half. It wasn't Jim Knowles and Oklahoma State defense making adjustments. It, was, it wasn't a, a true freshman quarterback. It was... Lincoln Riley just shelling up and and not wanting to win this game because if he win goes to the Big 12 championship, then you know he can't go and recruit for USC. I don't buy that. I'm just saying I don't buy that. I, I think yeah, clearly Lincoln Riley had USC in his back pocket all season long. I, I don't. I mean I know what Joe Casiglione said. They they don't have any reason to believe that Lincoln Riley was in communication with USC prior to what happened on Sunday. I don't think anybody believes that. I don't think anybody believes it, but it's something that Lincoln, that that Joe Castiglione feels like he needs to say. This is something, according to, to Riley's people, according to the USC people, that they've been going back and forth through Riley's parties, a.k.a. his agent, since September. So this has been in Riley's back pocket. And again, I, I, it comes down to he didn't like to move to the SEC, and we've already talked about all of that. But we... Regardless of how you feel about Lincoln Riley right now, and I think the majority of Sooner Nation would describe him as a you know dirty trash can full of poop. I'm pretty much on board with that, by the way. But what we do know about Lincoln Riley, the dude's a competitor. He doesn't like to lose. And whether he's coaching with a foot out the door or not, this dude wants to win. So I'm not going to jump in and subscribe to this idea that... Lincoln Riley intentionally called a bad second half so Oklahoma would lose Bedlam and then he could just get on a plane and go to Los Angeles. I don't think very highly of Lincoln Riley right now. I really don't. But I don't think I can get on board with saying he would do that to the guys he's recruited. I don't think I could get on board with saying that he could, he would do that to the fan base that endeared him for six years. I don't I don't think I can get on board just because I've seen the guy as a fiery competitor. If you if you've been a competitor on any level, like a fiery competitor, you don't do that. And, and there are guys who play sports who just play sports to play sports, and they're indifferent to the to what the scoreboard says. Lincoln Riley is not one of those guys. Absolutely not one of those guys. So then you got the officiating. You got, oh, yeah, we lost Benham because of the officials. We had to beat Oklahoma State and the officials. I, I'm not on board with it. 
Was the officiating terrible? It was horrendous. That's not why Oklahoma lost. I mean, look, this has been a season-long thing. And get ready, Oklahoma fans. It's only going to get worse with the officiating. Texas and Oklahoma basically put the Big 12, as we know it, out of business. They, they cost the Sooners a lot of money. Uh, the Sooners? The Sooners cost the Big 12. It's membership schools and the people that are employed by it a lot of money. So no, they're not going to get the calls. And yeah, they're going to be scrutinized and watched heavily, more heavily than other than their opponents. But the truth is, the truth is, what it comes down to is this. Oklahoma lost Bedlam for three reasons. It wasn't officiating. It wasn't Lincoln Riley trying to get on a plane and get out of town. There, there's three specific reasons I can tell you why Oklahoma lost this game. So here's the first thing. I mean, I'll just give it to you in order. I, we'll go three, two, one, okay? There's three things. No, number three, Key Lawrence dropped what was the most surest pick six that he's probably ever going to get in college. I'm not saying Key Lawrence is a bad is a bad defender. The guy's a ball hawk. I mean, he's a ball hawk. He, he, he knows how to get the ball. He, he knows how to uh, – I mean, he, he gets the ball. I, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not knocking the guy. I'm just saying he dropped a sure-handed pick six. And I think it was such a sure deal on the pick six that that's why he dropped it. You see green grass, you don't tuck the ball, you don't secure it. All the old adages say this is why he's a defensive back and not a receiver, right? So there's one thing. We, we're just going to ignore the fact, number two, we're just going to ignore the fact that Eric Gray muffed a punt basically on the goal line. That's, that was a pretty big deal right there, right? I mean, you're protecting a two-point lead, your defense is playing lights out, and you, you give them the ball right there on the goal line. It was game, pretty much game over right there. When you when you when you squandered that lead that you built in the third quarter, when that's got squandered, and you see how this offense is failing to produce to give Oklahoma State the ball right there, it's a game over type moment. And then the biggest factor is Oklahoma's offense in the second half. Put up put up some points, score a touchdown in the second half on on the offensive side of the ball, you win this game. Eric Gray doesn't muff that punt, you win this game. Key Lawrence doesn't drop a pick six, you win this game. I'm not excusing bad officiating. I, the, the officiating is what it has been all season long. All season long, there have been questionable no calls in the area of pass interference. All season long, there have been questionable no calls in areas of holding on the, on the defensive line. All season long, there have been so many questionable things done with this officiating crews of the officiating crews of the Big 12 that th this was no different. But you do one of those three things. One, any one of those three things. And you're probably playing Bedlam again in Arlington this weekend. It's as simple as that.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, so let's have some fun with this. Since uh, since I'm flying solo, not not, uh, not riding with Rich this week, um, let's let's do this. I, I I went out to social media, went to Twitter, Facebook, and said, "Hey, let's let's talk about some true or false questions. Give me your thoughts on on the whole weekend, the whole situation." And to back up what I said to start the podcast is. Not a single thing came to me by way of bedlam. Everything's about Lincoln Riley, uh, the the coaching search, and current players on this team. So let, let's jump in this. Uh, I got a couple of questions here, and uh, we'll, we'll address those, and then we'll close out this uh, somewhat abbreviated version of the Sooner Nation podcast. So here we go. Uh, this actually comes from Caleb. True or false? Oh, you will hire within slash previous coaches. Uh I think it's true. I, I think right now, when when you look at the guys that are that are staying, it's kind of a, a us versus them mentality with the coaching staff as it is. Uh, I, I mentioned Joe John Finley. I mentioned Brian Odom. You know, Calvin Thibodeau, Kale Gundy. The the Oklahoma guys are there, and 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 the more the more you wait to see an announcement about Bill Bidenbo, I think you think he's staying in Oklahoma. I mean, they've announced the guys that are going. You, you know, you know Benny Wiley's gone. You know Alex Grinch is gone. Um, you know, you, so you know the guys that have already gone to L.A. Bill Bidenbo isn't one of those guys. Bill Bidenbo is a Bob Stoops guy. That makes him an Oklahoma guy in my book. So you, you've got the us versus them mentality of the Sooner guys, the OU guys. I, I think that leads to – I really think that that leads to a higher like of Brent Venables. Brent Venables is an OU guy. I know it's been a while. He's been in Clemson. He's winning national championships. He's doing his thing. And even though it's been a down year for the Tigers, it is – a situation where Brent Venables is still one of the top assistant coaches in the country. And, I mean, look, you, you look at Joe Castiglione's hires. This will be his third football coach to hire at OU. Bob Stoops, defensive coordinator, not a head coach. Lincoln Riley, offensive coordinator, not a head coach. So it's not out of the realm of possibility that he goes out and gets a guy like Brent Venables, who, by the way, is a hot coaching commodity. He's just not a head coach. But I think that qualifies as within the family, does it not? When you're talking about a guy who was a staple of this coaching staff for a long time, had some issues with with the death of Austin Box, just the personal issues that he struggled with and memories and and, and losing a guy that, that he had coached and mentored and loved. Needed some some greener pastures. There was a, a kind of a butt in the heads with Mike Stoops and Brent Venables. Like you know what, 
need some fresh scenery. You know, South Carolina here is pretty good. And so he's out the door. Doesn't mean he wouldn't come back. It doesn't mean he wouldn't be a great hire. I've already expressed my thoughts on that. But I do think that I think that they I do think that they start there. And then you you branch out. There there's some there's some names out there, but I mean, really? Is PJ Fleck a home run name? I don't think he is. I'm not saying he wouldn't be good. I'm not saying he he wouldn't uh he he couldn't be successful even. But but again, when you look at the nucleus, you look at the core of this coaching staff, it's crimson and cream. I think the the best mesh, the best gel, the best opportunity for holding things together and trying for 2022 and trying to rebuild that 2023 recruiting class. I think it all comes down to getting a family guy. And I I think that's where the value of a guy like Brent Venables comes in. All right, here's another one. Uh, True or false, Caleb Williams will be QB1 at Oklahoma next year. I don't think even Caleb Williams knows that. I'm going to say true, though. I'm gonna say true, and, and here's the why. Here, here's the I've been going back and forth. I, I said this, you you heard it, you agreed with it. The the minute Spencer Rattler got benched at the Cotton Bowl against Texas, I said no way he's with this team come bowl season if Oklahoma's not in the playoffs. So you see Spencer Rattler hit the transfer portal on Monday, and that to me that had very little to do with this whole Lincoln Riley thing. That said, there's a really good chance he ends up in Los Angeles. But Spencer Rattler was Spencer Rattler was out the door, I believe, before Lincoln Riley was out the door. What I'm saying is, if, if Lincoln Riley is still at the helm of this program, Spencer Rattler's still out the door. But think about Caleb Williams. Some people say he loved Lincoln Riley this much. Some people say he loved the University of Oklahoma this much. But the dude is invested and he is planted. His family moved from Virginia to Norman. When, when Oklahoma couldn't recruit, he went out and did the Sooner Summit. Was that because he wanted to have Lincoln Riley succeed? Or was that because he wanted to put the best guys around him to give him the best chance for success? And there's a difference. There's a big difference because if he's recruiting for Lincoln Riley to succeed, yeah, you can pretty much bank that he's out the door. But, but, if he's recruiting to put guys around him to give him the best chance of success, his family's already living in Norman, I think it's a good chance he stays. I would be surprised. I honestly would be. It, it could happen. You, nothing surprises, nothing, nothing's a for sure thing anymore. But I would be surprised if Caleb Williams leaves this program before the bowl game. I would be shocked if he's out the door in the transfer portal before they announce a new head coach. I think he gives Oklahoma that benefit of the doubt. I think he loves Norman that much. I think he likes the university. I think he enjoys this. I saw him at a basketball game before Thanksgiving. He's having fun. He's enjoying being a college kid. And I think he's a man of the people. So I think he's got roots here that Spencer Rattler never had. So, yeah, again, I don't think that even Caleb Williams knows the answer to this question. But at this point, I'm going to say that it's true.
Here's a true or false question submitted by my lovely bride. True or false, Lincoln Riley sucks. The answer is like a Hoover. Yeah, uh, sorry, that's just some family drama there, family family fun. All right, this comes from Dusty on Facebook. Uh, true or false, we should expect a lawsuit and NCAA investigation over the money and resources that Lincoln Riley squandered away in recruiting California kids. No, that's false. There's nothing's going to come of this. Nothing's going to happen from it because, I mean, look, Malachi Nelson, Makai Lemon, you know, those guys were all – committed to the University of Oklahoma. Lincoln Riley did what the university paid him to do. He spent the money that the university paid him to spend on getting the, the result that they wanted. They got him committed. They didn't sign, but they were committed. It's hard to sue when, when I mean, look, the guy, the guy changed jobs. The kids changed their minds. You can't, the NCAA courts, whatever, cannot get into the position where they allow lawsuits for kids who decommit from 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 colleges and universities. You, I just you just can't. It, does it suck that Oklahoma spent resources to recruit kids to USC? Yeah, yeah, that's that's not optimal, but it is part of the game. I mean, it's, it is what it is. There's there's no way to change it. There's no way around it. It just is what it is. So. I mean, it's fall. I'm, I'm sorry. I wish I could say more. I, I wish there was a way I could say, no, it's not going to happen. But here, here's something else that will happen in this place. This will make it better. But th- there's nothing out there that, that's going to that's gonna make it any better. Like I said, it is what it is. It, it's, it's Oklahoma resources spent to recruit kids to go play for Southern California. Again, not optimal. But in the grand scheme of things, the way it was done – Absolutely not illegal either. And as my wife would say, that's that's why Lincoln Riley sucks. All right, well, one more thing. Uh, done with the true or false questions. Thank you guys for submitting those. By the way, you can always hit us up on Twitter at Sports Heartland. You can find us online, heartland-sports.com. You know, we, we'd love to hear from you, and we, uh, you know, we'd love for you to participate in the show, in the podcast. And that's, that's one way to have all that done. Now, one thing that again, has completely been overshadowed by this Lincoln Riley story and the Bedlam loss is Oklahoma's 65 to 62 win on the road at central Florida on Saturday. That's a, that's a big win for Porter Mosier. It's a big win for this program because it, it, it gives them their first true road win. Now, they, they won two games in South Carolina at that Myrtle Beach Invitational, but the, this was on the road in Orlando at Central Florida, and now they're going to go into a stretch where in, in 10 days' time, they're going to play two top 15 programs. On December 1st, they, they host Florida. On December 10th, they, they host, uh, excuse me, December 12th, they host number 10, Arkansas. So you got number 14 and number 10 coming to Norman, kind of giving you a preview, maybe what basketball is going to be like uh, when they launch out of the Big 12 and into the SEC. Uh, but, you know, you're, you're on that downhill slide now of non-conference games that's going to lead you into uh, January 1st when you open up against Kansas State in Norman, uh, Big 12 play. But uh, this will be a, a, an important stretch for Porter Mosier. But to get that win on the road, because the next time Oklahoma doesn't play um, in with some sort of home court advantage, it's going to be January 4th at Baylor. So you've got six games now. You're going to go to a six-game stretch against. You have two top 15 programs in that six game. You're going to have a um, you're you're going to have a Big 12 team in Kansas State. But this is a, a vital when we talk about. 
that 20 win margin to become eligible for the NCAA tournament, this is a vital stretch for that. Six games, the the very absolute worst you want to do is three and three. But man, you go four and two, you go five and one. I think you're sitting pretty good in terms of of putting yourself up with a with a decent resume for the NCAA tournament. All right, that's it for this brief edition of the Sooner Nation podcast. Again, thanks so much for uh, all you guys that subscribe, be it Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get us. We, we really appreciate it. Uh, man, giving us a, uh, a good rating would, would go a long way. Uh, you can always hit us up on the internet, heartland-sports.com, on Twitter, at Sports Heartland. Or if you just want a good old-fashioned email something to us, heartland underscore sports at yahoo.com. Do the best to enjoy the rest of your week. Boomer Sooner, everybody.